It's dangerous to hold a grudge. Today on Podcast Magoria. Halloween A to Z. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Podcast Magoria's Halloween A to Z. My name's Autumn. And I'm James. And today we are on our J movie. Mm. Woo! Just flying by. That's right. <laughs> and that J movie is, of course, Juwan, better known as The Grudge yeah. to most. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it originally came out in 2002, but I think that it got distributed in the States in 2004. So you see various different years that this one has came out. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go based off of uh, when it was released in the States. Uh, so 2004. At least that's what Amazon says. That's right. Uh, <laughs> an interesting hour and 30 minute long movie. Yes, and the director is Takashi Shimizu, who, of mm -hmm. course, pretty much did the whole Grudge series. Yeah. He's a pretty famous Japanese horror director, though. That's pretty much all that he's done. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> so right from the bat, I'm going to go ahead and say that there is enough, like, of a, of a difference between the Japanese version and the American version that it's, it's definitely noticeable. Yeah. I mean, it's the same stories. Yeah. In both, but for some reason, I like the way that the American one's set up a little better. Well, flows. Yeah, um, it flows. It's not, because in this one, it's done by chapters yeah, yeah, rather it's than it's, one cohesive story. Yeah, it's almost an anthology like yeah. of one co one's big story, ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, it gets a little tricky to follow uh, because of the fact that there's no indication of like time. Yeah, yeah. And so it jumps around a little bit and mm -hmm. and and that was that was very confusing for me. Yeah, um, yeah, especially when we're getting introduced to new characters and we don't know at what point in time they came in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh additionally the beginning of every chapter is the name of a character. Mm -hmm. However, it seems that that's not necessarily an indication of who the main character is because there's yeah. a couple times that the name isn't necessarily who you end up focusing on. Yeah. So that yeah. was a little confusing too. Yeah. To jump right in to the movie, it's like I liked the opening for this. Yeah, for sure. And uh, of course, it tells us that it's all about a curse. Mm hmm. Oh, surprise, surprise, a Japanese movie with a curse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get some text that just explains what a curse is basically mm -hmm. and what a grudge is yeah <laughs> uh and then you get the violent imagery of somebody being murdered and mm -hmm. and just like it kind of goes back and forth between that and then the little boy playing yeah it almost uh discombobulates you a little bit mm -hmm. because it's like such close-up shots of yeah. like the gore and stuff so you don't actually know what exactly is going on yeah. to begin with but it, you know there's like a cat squealing in the background and we do see a child go into hiding and it, it, you just realize this is a bad situation that you've walked in on mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah with all this you end up getting the uh, the title sequence and then uh, the beginning of the first chapter starts yeah rika 
Rika. Yeah, we're in an office setting, a welfare office even. <laughs> and Rika walks up to sign in. Meanwhile, a man notices her and goes up to walk to her. Turns out this is her boss. And he wants her to replace somebody to take care of uh, this old woman named Sachi. Yeah. Rika arrives at the house and right from the start, you can tell that things aren't uh, going so great in this household because yeah. it's just, you know, it, it's it's messy. It's very messy. Yeah. It seems like Rika's she gets some sort of vibe from this mm-hmm. house because yeah. she's, she's cautious yeah. Going in, even though she kind of, uh, she knocks on the door and nobody answers and she just waltzes right on in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As she's walking around, you know, seeing more and more of the, of the mess, the state of things and mm-hmm. such, she ends up hearing a scratching sound and sees uh, through the glass in a door, somebody scratching on the window and she comes over and it's Sachi. Mm-hmm. Or at least so you think. Yeah. And, you know, she just looks completely out of it. Yeah. She's sick. Rika realizes that the mess is even worse than she thought because there's poop everywhere. Yeah. Too. This yeah. this lady has been abandoned for a, a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, there's bed sheets and stuff that have, you know, human waste all over them. There's mm-hmm. there's spots on the floor where there's waste. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's... Her it's, kimono, that her sleeping kimono that she's in has waste all over yeah, it, too. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's bad. Yeah, it, it is pretty rough stuff to start with. As Rika's walk around the house cleaning up the mess after uh, giving Sachi a sponge bath. She ends up coming across a room that has a closet that the door is all taped up on. Yeah, it's kind of strange, especially because she's hearing something inside of it. Yeah, yeah. When she touches the door, you hear a cat meow. She's like, oh, okay. Oh, it's a kitty. Get a cat taped up inside a closet. We've all been there. Uh Um... (laughs) She Yeah, she opens up the closet door and sees there's a cat. However, there is also a little boy that's covered in scratches hmm. uh, and, and blood. She runs downstairs, like, immediately to ask Sachi about him. And Sachi is kind of in a daze, of course. She's still... I don't even think that she realizes that Rika's actually there. Yeah, yeah. To be honest. Yeah, she's definitely... I, I think that she's just so far gone. Well, yeah, she's... Clearly in, like, the throes of, of dementia mm-hmm, and such. Mm-hmm. Rika ends up calling the welfare office to tell them about the little boy and the situation of the household. And they tell her to continue doing her job. Once she gets off the phone, uh, the house phone rings. And we hear on the uh, answering machine, Hitomi, uh, one of the daughters of uh, Sachi, calling, asking about you know, how Sachi's doing as well as what everybody's up to because so clearly she's not aware of the fact that the house has been more or less abandoned. Uh, Rika goes upstairs and finds that Toshio, the name of the boy, is he's being a little bit of a creep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he gives her a little scare. She goes back down to Sachi and Sachi's repeating, you know, I told her again and again and 
just kind of keeps repeating like I told her you know something something you know like she's just muttering you know what seems to be kind of insanity yeah of course Rika's like what what are you talking about and then she realizes that the the room doesn't feel right she turns and sees this big shadowy like figure yeah with tendrils of hair going everywhere yeah we get our first view of a ghost proper yeah. Uh, floating above Sachi. Pretty um, early on. Yeah. Yeah. Rika Fink. That's the end of the first chapter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, like, all the hauntings in this movie are just awesome. Yeah. They're uh, always so cool. <laughs> so what I appreciate about this movie is the fact that it takes its time in building atmosphere and, mm-hmm. and maybe to its own fault because the fact that the atmosphere building, it's the entire run of the film. Yeah, it's very uh, heavy-handed with it. So I I will say that if you're a person that's not inclined to watch horror movies that take their time with stuff, Mm -hmm. especially if you're you're a person that's not a big fan of, like, I would say older horror, Mm -hmm. because this movie feels like an older movie. Oh, yeah, Uh, yeah. Like, I would say something close to kind of like your haunts and stuff in, like, a 70s film. Mm -hmm. And we'll uh, we'll make a reference to that probably a little bit later on, but... But yeah, it's it's just really, really, really takes its time with stuff. And and so you got to kind of stick with it. But I think that the ghosts and the haunts and stuff are definitely worth the wait between like a lot of like kind of long pauses of action. Oh, um, yeah. Second chapter begins, Katsuya. We are introduced to a man and a woman. It's clearly the house that we've seen Sachi and Rika in. Yeah. So obviously this is before it went to shit. Mm-hmm. It was kind of hard at first to tell if it was before or after, but you eventually kind of figure it out because of the fact that they're taking care of Sachi. Yeah. When, when you see Sachi, you're like, oh, okay, okay, gotcha. You can already tell, though, that nobody's taking care of the mother. Yeah. Yeah. Because the rest of the, though the rest of the house is nice. You do get to see into what would be ultimately Sachi's room, which it is messy. And even next to her uh, futon is uh, cat turds. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's like, all right, so she's still not being taken care of very well. Yeah. And I mean, there are other parts of the house, too, that are like pretty messy as well. Yeah. So this is like the beginning of. I guess that would be yeah, almost like your hint that there's already something gone wrong yeah because like i think that you know because they're cleaning like as they move from room to room and stuff like they're doing like they're not just throwing trash left and right yeah but but yeah i I think that there's the beginnings of something happening here right so the man and the woman it's katsuya and kasumi Mm -hmm. katsuya goes out to work yeah while kasumi is left behind to kind of straighten up and whatnot and instead of straightening up though she ends up taking a nap yeah we get kind of a little bit of atmosphere building you see handprints on the wall and stuff like that. Like, there's a little bit, like, there's some hints that the house has already become haunted. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, Kasumi ends up waking up because she hears these sounds. Yeah, And yeah. notices that Sachi's actually sitting up. Mm-hmm. You, as the audience, is like, hmm, something weird's going on. Yeah. And, yeah, that's when she sees all the spooky stuff start happening. Yeah. And we, the audience, just get a little scare ourselves that she doesn't see. Yeah. 
But uh, the little ghost boy appears right behind her, like, on the steps. And yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, that's another thing that I enjoyed about this movie is sometimes the scares and sometimes the ghosts and stuff are strictly for us mm-hmm. and um, and not for the characters. Yeah. Which, is, I, uh, which builds atmosphere a lot. Yeah, I think that's super cool. Of course, though, when Kasumi uh, turns around, she doesn't see the little boy. She sees a cat on the stairs. Yeah. And she goes to kind of, you know, follow it, but mm-hmm. then sees it get grabbed by some hands and yeah. around the corner. Yeah, and you hear the cat squeal. <laughs> of course, Kasumi being the dumbass that she is, she sees this, and instead of going, hmm, that's weird, I should maybe call for some help, she goes and investigates. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, later on, though, we see Katsuya show back up, mm-hmm. and he's looking all around the house, shouting for Kasumi. He ends up finding her on their bed in kind of a dissociative state. She's just staring at the ceiling. Yeah, she's definitely like in like yeah dissociative like catatonic like because she's just staring. She starts to come to and but still is unable to speak she's just in a state of shock when he gets on the phone uh to call an ambulance uh you get another one of the little spooks strictly for us to see Mm -hmm. which is while he's got his back turned to her you see the little boy run by and uh disappear when he turns around because he hears the kid run by yeah Uh, he turns around doesn't see him and then he hears like a sound on the other side of the bed and so he goes and looks and that's when he's greeted <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the boy. Yeah. <laughs> the boy, of course, making the cat noise. Yeah. Yeah. This scene has a few back and forth moments of him seeing the boy, it disappearing. Yeah. It comes back, hisses, and whatnot. Kasumi lets out this huge gasp and uh-huh. dies. Yeah, dies of fright, I yeah. guess. <laughs> it was already too late for her. In this moment is when darkness comes over him Mm -hmm. yeah you see an instant change in this man yeah yeah he just like kind of ends up and i guess this will be the beginning of our our first like reference uh to older movies this is kind of like an amityville horror situation yeah yeah where you see him just suddenly almost become possessed with with the darkness of the house i suppose Mm -hmm. um at this moment hitomi arrives and is asking where everybody's at and stuff while she's preparing to make dinner uh, for the family. Still unaware, you see Katsuya walking with uh, Kazumi's body, uh, I'm assuming to hide her. Yeah, (laughs) not suspicious at all. I mean, he didn't have anything to be suspected of, but him moving the body just like, I was like, ah! Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, if it is, if this was real life, like, you would be, like, prime suspect number one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hitomi ends up running into him, and he just ends up, like, well, I mean, first of all, he stares at her like a maniac. Uh, and then he ne- tells her that she needs to leave, and she's asking where uh, Kazumi is, and he's just like, I caught her with another man, and all. And it just starts saying all this crazy shit. Yeah. And uh, and eventually, you know, kicks her out of the house. Yeah, which I don't necessarily know if it is crucial to the story, but there is a theme that happens during the this scene where Hitomi 
when she's starting to go up the stairs, she hears this piercing, yeah. like, static noise. And then when he gets Hitomi out of the house, when he starts to go up the stairs, he hears this piercing noise, too. Yeah. And we see this theme a couple other times in the movie, and I... I always just assumed that it was supposed to be like supposed to be a indication to the audience that something spooky is about to happen. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure on that though. Yeah, I definitely think that the the sound is um, either indication of the something scary about to happen or it's the negative energy of the house permeating the mind of the of the victim. Right, right. Because you know, it's definitely, you hear it every time something is about to happen to that person. Right. And so I, I think it's almost like it's the peak of the evil of the household or mm -hmm. the peak of the grudge. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he hears this sound, though, we see freaking the grudge, the yeah. the, the ghost, the yeah. lady. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we see her in her full glory. She's not just a uh, shadow. Yeah, you know? exactly. End of chapter two. <laughs> chapter three, Hitomi. Yay. Um, I don't know why I'm cheering, but. Well, you know, why not? <laughs> We're back to present day and you get to see the other side of the answering machine message because it, it is now the moment that she's calling the answering machine at the house. Yeah, it's so cool how they did that. I enjoyed that. I appreciated it a lot. We see Hitomi meandering through the halls. I'm guessing it's her like workplace. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure where where she's at, but she hears a scraping sound mm -hmm. and for some reason kind of brushes it off. Yeah. She yeah. she's not like everybody else in this movie and goes to investigate, yeah. which good for her. Right. She ends up going to the bathroom and... Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Yeah. If, if I know anything about Japanese horror, if you're in the bathroom, it's a bad time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't go in the bathroom. She ends up receiving a uh, phone call from Katsuya. And while this phone call is going on, uh, the ghost girl arrives in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that she kind of transferred through the phone to haunt Hitomi because I don't. I will see like... A real reason why... Let me start... Let me kind of poke around at this a little bit. Okay. I don't necessarily understand why the ghost leaves the house. Well, I think it's because a grudge is a very powerful curse. Sure, sure. And I think that... I don't know. Japanese ghosts have such different rules yeah. to them that I think because that family has been living in that house and not taking care of that house for sure. so long that it's able to use its powers to follow them around. Yeah, I guess like, yeah, I just it just felt like Hitomi was collateral damage you know, kind of for this and, and a few yeah. other characters are kind of end up being collateral damage for like this curse because I don't Hitomi seems to be the the good one out of the group yeah because she actually checked on her mom when she got home yeah and stuff she was like cooking that. for the family and stuff like that yeah yeah uh, but she still wasn't cleaning up and yeah yeah i guess like her hands are just as dirty as everybody else yeah yeah it's just it's probably the ghost seeing seeing all that and going man these people are so disrespectful i mm -hmm. i'm gonna be even more angry <laughs> yeah she ends up talking to the security guard for the building, which uh, is delightful because yes. he is 
basically Japanese Steve Buscemi. Yeah, I call him the Japanese Steve Buscemi because, like, he's in everything. His name is Yoshiyuki Morishida, and he's amazing in everything he's in. And he's literally, like, he makes cameos in so much stuff. (laughs) Yeah, the only, like, the thing that I know him best from is uh, Survive Style 5. Yes, yes. And I know him best from Wild Zero. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) if you're a fan of various Japanese movies, like, you've probably seen this guy uh, float around somewhere in the background. A (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah, he ends up going out to, you know, he he tells Hitomi to stay in you know the security office while he goes and looks for the ghost girl which um, he finds her yeah he does yeah Hitomi <laughs> watches all the while on the security camera footage and sees him get grabbed and pulled into a room by the ghost mm-hmm. it, you know now granted it's not like you see arms it's the darkness consumes him and pulls yeah. him into uh, the room. Well, it almost looks like he willingly walks in there, too, is yeah. the thing. Yeah. So, pretty crazy. So sad we only had him for, like, a few minutes. Yeah. But, say lovey. That's right. <laughs> Hitomi ends up running out. Hitomi ends up getting in an elevator. Every floor, like, you, you know, there's a there's a little window on the elevator. Every floor you see Toshio kind of looking in the window. Ooh. Um, nice little spooky moment. Hitomi arrives at her apartment, receives another call from uh, Katsuya, this time him saying, hey, I'm outside the building. What room? What's your apartment room number? Which is a strange thing. I would assume that he would know. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I didn't really pick up on that while watching and taking notes. But, you know, talking about it, I kind of mm-hmm. go, well, now, wait a minute. That's kind of strange behavior. And um, and she's just like, she's like, oh, my God, yes, please hurry. Come yeah, yeah. up here. And immediately after she gets off the phone, he is at the door. Yeah. Yeah. She sees him through the peephole uh, whenever she opens up the door. He is gone. Uh, she's still holding on to the phone and ends up hearing the, the rattle, yeah, the, the ghost rattle sound <laughs> uh, come through the phone, which she throws it down. She ends up hiding in Under her bed. A blanket. Yeah. So I had noted the fact that it seems like our Halloween A to Z, each movie has a a, a, a common thing from the previous movie. Mm-hmm. So last movie we watched was Idle Hands and Anton ends up going and hiding underneath the blankets. Yeah. Um, also we had the eye where she went and pretty much hid under her yeah, blankets. So that's like another like theme that kind of picks up, which I guess like it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, we all have been in that situation. But it's such a childhood thing, you know, oh, to yeah. me. So it's it's interesting to see adults go into their room yeah. and hide under their blankets. Hitomi ends up turning on the television and there's like a you know newscaster and stuff on the tv and ends up receiving a ghost signal where the tv starts getting all distorted and the lady's face is like morphing all like horrible and stuff yeah the big eyes the big warped eyes and all that she's absolutely terrified and it turns out that she's not in bed alone (gasps) because her blanket starts to kind of puff up a little bit and when she looks underneath the covers there is the face of the ghost yes end of chapter next chapter toyama 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 arrives at the house yeah i guess um he's been trying to contact rika and couldn't get in contact with her so he's going to go see what's up yeah 
He ends up discovering Sachi's body and also a terrified Rika just kind of crouched in the corner of the room yeah, with Sachi. frozen in place. Immediately after this scene, though, we see investigators are at the house yeah. to gather Sachi's body and uh, try to figure out what happened. While they're doing their investigation, though, they hear a phone start ringing. And they're like, where the heck is that coming from? Because yeah. it's not the house phone. And they just they follow the sound all the way up into an uh, upstairs room where... They're like, there's an attic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they can't, still can't find it. And yep, sure enough, up in the attic, they find the phone ringing, and they find both Kasumi and Katsuya's bodies up yeah. there. Now, I I think that this scene, like the reason why the phone rings, mm-hmm. is I bet that it is um, taking place while Hitomi is experiencing all of her stuff. Yeah. When she was trying to get a hold of Katsuya, um, that's mm-hmm. that's the phone ringing. Like I didn't think about it until you know again, like talking about the episode, you know, talking about it right now. That because before I was just like, why is you know, how did this happen? You know, how did what a weird way to lead to this, but obviously, yeah, it's all happening simultaneously. Yeah. Very busy ghost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rika and her friend are talking, you know, like, it's, it's nice to see that Rika kind of recovered quickly. Yeah. She's not quite in, in such a state. Yeah, yeah. She was able to immediately go to the hospital. Yeah. Her friend just kind of wanders off to go get them some snacks and whatnot. Uh, meanwhile, one of the investigators shows up to talk to Rika, and he asks about the kid yeah. and telling her that they just could not find him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and she she still, like, there's almost like a little bit of doubt in his voice, and she's still yeah. like, no, no, absolutely. There's a little, I'm so concerned. Because, you know. At the end of the day, she's still a um, a social worker and still cares yeah. very much about the people that she cares for. She's still kind of like, oh, yeah, there, there needs to be, um, you need to find the, the little boy. Oh, and also uh, she brings up that there was a family photo with the little boy in it. Yeah. So obviously there's a boy somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the detective tells Rika, however, that it doesn't make sense simply because of the fact that Katsuya and Kazumi did not have any children. Right, So right. very strange that there is a uh, a boy with a family photo. Yeah. It's also strange because during Katsuya's little rant earlier to Hitomi, he was talking about a little boy mm-hmm. saying, that's not my child. Yeah. So, yeah. hmm, yeah. weird. Absolutely strange. Yeah, Hitomi, uh, as it turns out, uh, is missing. What? Because one of the other officers comes in to inform the investigator. Because uh, I mean, obviously she's a suspect and, and all that. And so, hmm, how strange that she had disappeared at the same time that all this stuff had gone on. So we're back at the police station and the two main investigators are talking about the case and how they had found the guard dead and whatnot. But also the other one brings up, well, hey, that house does have a weird history. Uh, It turns out there was a murder there. Uh, This man ended up killing his wife, but they did have a son that went missing. It's also weird. The corpse from the murder was also found in the attic. So they're kind of like, hmm, some sort of strange coincidence here. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Next, we get a scene of a little girl playing around, and a man comes up 
and she she knows him like it, it's nothing spooky going on she yeah. goes up says dad dad so we're at this, as the audience we're like what's going on yeah. like who is this why are we getting introduced to these guys it turns out that this man is one of the original investigators from the murder case one of the new investigators comes up and talks to him and says hey you know weird stuff's happening again we might need you um, and he's like, uh, okay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't really want to be involved with the investigation anymore because yeah. you know of the situation prior. Yeah, yeah. I wish I knew the detectives' names, but <laughs> the main one goes back to talk to Rika mm-hmm. after he's found out all this information about the previous case from the house. Yeah, yeah. He ends up uh, informing uh, Rika about Toshio and how it doesn't make sense that she had seen him at the age that he that she saw him at uh, because of the fact that he's actually been missing for five years and he would be 11 instead of the age that uh, she had seen him. Yeah, very strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, one of the other investigators looking around ends up discovering the dead body of her boss uh, stuffed underneath a table. Yeah, we're back at the police station, I'm assuming, and mm-hmm. the two new investigators are watching the footage of the guard's death, and yeah. it's really weird because the, we actually see the black smoke, smoke and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in full detail. Yeah, usually the way that this works is you wouldn't see that on the, the footage, so sure, yeah. I thought it was cool that it actually got recorded. It's actually... Toyama, who is the original investigator, he walks in, sees that they're watching the footage, and they go off to talk to another officer because he came in to inform them that Rika's boss had been found dead. Yeah. Meanwhile, Toyama is sitting there still watching the footage because he's got nothing else better to do yet. And this is when we get the haunt uh, for him because as the footage keeps playing, the the shadowy figure comes back out of the restroom, which we as the audience had not seen this before. So, hmm, something sentient is happening, I yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> it seems that the ghost uh, has possessed the tape and is now revealing herself uh, to him. Kind of like the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was definitely a, a roommate definitely made that uh, connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, the shadowy figure is just coming closer and closer and closer, and then all of a sudden it's just eyeballs on the screen Mm -hmm. it's really cool i love it (laughs) he turns away and i guess that's enough to make the ghost go oh oh my bad okay sorry yeah (laughs) nothing happens to him that's right (laughs) we go back to rika who is now having uh just a full-on uh hospital visit from Mm -hmm. uh both the ghosts yeah uh, saying hi how you doing everything go uh, going all right toyama is now at the house with two cans of gasoline, I guess he's burning that bitch down. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess seeing the ghost in that footage was enough to him to go, you know what, fuck this. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that he just didn't want it all to happen again, and so he was yeah. trying to stop it at the source. Yeah. Unfortunately, it does not work out this way. Uh, he ends up getting visions of, of all sorts of stuff, visions of a bunch of schoolgirls, visions of, of ghosts. I mean, it, like... A lot happens. It, this is kind of a disorienting scene here. Yeah. Uh, because he ends up walking through the house and opening up a door, and it's uh, a bunch of girls hanging out. 
And I was just like, where did this come from? Yeah, you're like, what the heck? Until you hear one of the girls call the other one Izumi, Mm -hmm. which that is his daughter's name. Yeah. Oh, shit. He's seeing some sort of weird future vision of her. Yeah, yeah. That's that's time travel in this bitch. (laughs) <laughs> for sure he he sees something we we only hear the the squishing and the gore yeah of what happens yeah we we don't exactly know yeah he he turns tail and runs meanwhile the ghosts are you know making all their sounds and mm-hmm. whatnot and as he's fixing to go out of the house the other two investigators show up mm-hmm. and they see the the ghost as well they get their own haunt yep finally yeah yeah finally yeah (laughs) now we're to the penultimate chapter of the movie izumi yeah are we gonna figure out what just happened i think so because it is her in the future (laughs) yeah izumi's at school (laughs) forget the house who needs the house well she's on her way to school with her friends and Mm -hmm. she's you you notice as well as she does uh, all these missing persons posters. Yeah. When when Azumi and her friends arrive at school, I guess it must have been like school photo day or something because of the fact that like there's pictures everywhere like mm-hmm. and everybody's all excited and stuff and uh, and her friends have pictures and stuff, but Azumi doesn't have any pictures of herself hmm, that's uh, weird. yet. So they end up going to the teacher and asking him. Where's her pictures and stuff? And, and he was just like, oh, I guess they didn't get developed. I'll have to look into that. Izumi goes home, she gets sees, the creeps. Well, she sees a, a, the poster on the way home again. And it, there's something about this poster that I just, I'm obsessed with. Because mm-hmm. as you see it more and more, you see that it gets more and more deteriorated. Yeah, yeah. And it's with this scene that you kind of see that, huh, that one, that one, that poster's looking a little rough. Mm-hmm. And she's upset from looking at the poster this time, too. So something's up. Azumi ends up getting home. And uh, while she's at at home, uh, she ends up getting the creeps. Because we have to have our little tingle up the spine uh, moment for uh, each character. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the general vibe of the house is off anyway. Because you see her mother there uh, just staring at the shrine for... Toyama, who mm-hmm. I assume had died from fright, yeah. essentially. Meanwhile, while her mom's staring at the shrine, like there's a new newscast going on in the background about a missing woman's body being found and that there's been multiple people going missing. Mm-hmm. Izumi makes it up to her room and she's freaked out. She's like closing her curtains, hiding away. Meanwhile, the teacher is getting the pictures developed and the girl i don't know these girls are following their teacher around i guess yeah. <laughs> but as soon as he comes out of the, the the photo developer they're like "Ooh, give us that we're gonna go show izumi <laughs> yeah um real quick i just want to say i think that this chapter i don't want to say kills the movie it's a weak chapter it's it's just it doesn't it does not fit in like hardly at all like yeah. i don't I, like i wish that it just 
<laughs> wish it wasn't in the movie. I guess it's to show that, you know, the curse still goes on. Yeah. Well, it's just like as far as tone goes, because you have these goofy ass girls. Yeah. You know, with the teacher and all that stuff. And the teacher is kind of goofy, too. Yeah. And then like, uh, you know, OK, so let's go ahead and move on and uh, where I can pick apart this a little bit, because uh, the next thing I want to pick apart about this chapter. OK. Is, is, hasn't happened yet. So the girls end up getting to uh, Izumi's house uh, to give her her pictures when they knock on the door. Her mom, you know, answers and she's all pale and creepy looking. She looks mm-hmm. like a Junji Ito character. Yeah. <laughs> um, whenever they finally get to uh, Izumi's uh, room, she's all pale. And then on top of that, uh, she has all the curtains drawn in her room and uh, it's very, very dark. And they go to open the window and she starts screaming and there's newspapers taped up to the windows. I, you know, yeah. Um, one, obviously, to keep the light out, but also it seems that these newspapers are clippings about these missing girls. Yeah, yeah. I can't read Japanese, and unfortunately, the version that we watched didn't have the subtitles for the kanji and stuff, but I'm assuming that it's probably, yeah, news news clippings about the girls. Yeah. So, so it's obvious that she's somehow um, connected to the to the to the girls, and and you know is just basically grief stricken uh, with it, maybe haunted by the past um, more literally than figuratively. Yeah, because I mean, she does let them know that she was there with them the day that they disappeared. Yeah, yeah, she's she's full of guilt about the fact that they all being goofy youths. Uh, we're going to go, I guess, into the house, the cursed house, mm-hmm. uh, to to be spooky. And um, right at the last second, she turned tail and ran mm-hmm. uh, instead of going in with them. And then the three girls went missing from the, the spooky house. Yeah. Uh, the house gobbled them up. Yeah. And, and she's, like, so certain that they're going to come back and yeah. get her. Yeah. Because, I mean, that is how it works in Japanese Absolutely. ghost rules. <laughs> and um, so the girls uh, end up leaving uh, Azumi, And uh, while they've left, they end up opening up the, the package of pictures um, to to discover that the pictures of Azumi have no eyes. Ah, well, uh, a lot of those girls don't have eyes yeah. either. It might be the missing girls. Hmm. Azumi's walking around her house being creepy <laughs> <laughs> and ends up seeing... Her ghost dad being weird in a corner. I'm assuming doing Japanese ghost stuff. I think it was, from what I've seen of other Japanese ghost stuff, I think that this particular haunting was supposed to be like a warning to her. Yeah. Ends up talking at him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he can't talk. (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of like giving him the kind of a nice heave ho. Yeah. Like, oh, everything's all right. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for being a dad. Good luck to you. Yeah. (laughs) Or was it a dream? <gasps> because Izumi ends up being in bed again. And so uh, I'm assuming this was a dream sequence Weird. that she dreamt about her, her the ghost of her father. Unfortunately, the, the drapes never got drawn back to close. Mm-hmm. And so she hears sounds outside the window and looks. And she also did a piss poor job of pasting... Uh, newspapers on the window because there's holes in say uh, newspapers and she ends up seeing the faces uh-huh. of the girls that had died in the house come to claim her yeah once she sees these ghost girls of of course she like 
runs. She barricades herself in a room because the girls have become physical. Mm, yeah, yeah. As they're kind of trying to get through the door, um, she's backing up and she backs up into the little shrine. And that's when our main ghost, Kayako, gets her and drags her in. Yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you, you got to gotta watch out for stuff. You got to, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to be backing away from ghosts, make sure that there's a wall behind you. Um, I don't even think that would save you in this situation. Right. Or just get pulled through the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that would be the end of that chapter, bringing us finally to the uh, the climax of the entire film. Yeah. Kayako. Yep. <laughs> we get kind of tricked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in this scene. I love this. <laughs> While she's standing outside, there's an old man inside looking out the window and it looks like he's he's basically motioning like he wants to eat her butt yeah um, um he's eyeballing her butt playing peekaboo with pe- her butt playing peekaboo with her butt which is very interesting <laughs> we were just like um is, is that is, is that a japanese thing we don't know about what's right? going on <laughs> yeah um a guy comes up to talk to her and he starts to like do the peekaboo at the old man the old man's like Get get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, she ends up walking around with him and we see a real quick reflection in uh, in the glass of one of the doors that he's actually not been playing peekaboo with her butt, but has been playing peekaboo with the ghost of the boy. Ooh. Rika's at home now after a long day of being a social worker, yep. taking a bath. And we get that classic grudge scene of the hand in the hair. Yeah. (laughs) Made me freaked out about taking a bath for a very long time after seeing this movie for the first time. Yeah. This one, uh, the difference between this versus the American one is the American one, the hand is basically like coming out of her head. And this one, it's the person, like, it's somebody, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looks like the same in this particular scene. We do see another scene later on. We'll get to it, though. Lunchtime with Rika and her friend. Her friend's just talking about how there's a kid in the class that hasn't shown up yet, and she Mm -hmm. just can't freaking get in contact with the parents or anything. Like, she's really worried about it. Um, But they continue on with their lunch, and it's kind of obvious that Rika's not quite back to where she should be. Yeah. Uh, because... Yeah, she ends up taking a peekaboo underneath the table, and, uh, and boop, she gets ends up getting a little spook from Toshio. I wouldn't say it was a little spook, because she <laughs> freaking jumps out of her chair yeah. and, you know, <laughs> disturbs the whole restaurant, but I digress on that. <laughs> Later that night, Rika ends up hearing cats meowing, and she wakes up and she's covered in black cats yeah yeah she apparently became a cat lady yeah i wish i was here in this right? moment <laughs> or was it a dream huh? <laughs> yeah she is woken up by a ringing of her phone or it's her friend to check up on her mm-hmm. uh to make sure that she got home okay and whatnot and she says that she's at the house of the kid that she hasn't seen she's yeah. gonna just uh do some private tutoring of the kid because he's obviously in a bad situation. <sighs> but guess what? 
it's not a normal home that she's in. She's at the freaking grudge house. Yeah, Rika ends up realizing while having the conversation that it's uh, Toshio's house that she is at. And she's just like, oh, my God, like, you're in danger. Fuck. Yeah, and Mariko, Mariko is her friend's name. Um, she She's just like, eh, whatever, and goes looking for Toshio in the house. Yeah, yeah. Rika ends up arriving at the house, which I, I would like to point out the fact that uh, she has to cross uh, police, <laughs> police tape. tape. Yeah, so. Um, Mariko had to find or had to go under the police tape mm-hmm. to go into the house. She didn't see that and go, huh. Something weird's going on, I guess. I guess the kid doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Mariko is another victim uh, mm-hmm. to the uh, to the grudge. Yeah, she's she's easily uh, dragged up into the attic. Mm. Um, pretty much just as Rika arrives, she yep. sees her friend get scooped up by the hair. And the freaking dumbass looks up into the attic as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I would not. No. 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 Because uh, she ends up getting another scare. Like this is the all all bets are off. All the all the sneaking around and, and stuff is done because it's just straight up haunting time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She she ends up getting. Get, Running back downstairs and and like she's being pursued by yeah. by the ghosts. Yeah, now she ends up passing by the mirror that's near the entryway, and you get a pretty cool scene of when she's passing by the mirror, she sees the reflection of the ghost girl mm-hmm. uh, instead of herself. So she comes back and uh, is staring at herself in the mirror, and um, I, I is this a cultural thing autumn um where because she ends up putting her hands up mm-hmm. to her face to like look through the cracks of her fingers my guess for that um because uh sachi had also done the same thing with her hands yeah so i'm thinking that it's an impression of when kayoko was murdered she yeah. probably did the same thing with her hands i see uh, because that's another thing that they really like to do in Japanese horror is uh, mirroring the uh, final moments of the ghost. Yeah. Like, I just, um, my my assumption was that maybe it was, so, so in other hauntings and other ghost things and stuff, like, a lot of times, the only time that you really see a ghost is in the corner of your eye. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, you, if you distort your vision and just kind of look through the cracks of your fingers, then it's basically the equivalent of looking through the corner of your eye. Yeah, yeah. Well. Regardless, um, when she does this. That doesn't work because. Well, it makes the ghost come out of her chest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm guessing it's uh, the same situation with the hair and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, she just comes up under the hands and, like, grabs yeah. her face. Yeah, it, I don't know if maybe that's, like, a representation of the fact that basically since being in the house, she's taken the ghost with her. Yeah, and yeah. And it's almost like she released the ghost in doing so. Now we're at the the real true meat and potatoes, the thing that has been imitated in countless uh, horror movies, which is the ghost coming down the stairs. Yeah, she is, like, totally messed up, bloody now. Yeah. Uh, you just hear the cracking and rattling of, like, her lungs. And yeah. It, it's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. And, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's just, 
this is that thing that like has now been imitated mm-hmm. um, a million times mm-hmm. over, either through parody or homage. But the funny thing about this scene, besides the ghost like just being so cool, is that Rika's just sitting there watching this ghost come downstairs yeah. instead of going right out the front door that's right next to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just on the ground uh, sitting there next to the front door watching this happen, just letting it happen. She ends up doing the finger eyes thing again, and you end up getting just a wave of, of like, reveal of, um, of, like, pretty much the origin of the ghost. yeah. And you also get uh, previous scenes from the movie uh, where the ghost of Kayako looks normal, almost. Yeah. Like, she's not as white. Um, mm-hmm. You see her true self, almost. Yeah. You also see her uh, dead body um, mm-hmm. you know, at the crime scene, ultimately. Yep. In the, in the trash bag, it looks yeah, like. Yeah. She disappears, and then down from this uh from the stairs descends the original murderer you know her husband Mm -hmm. uh, coming down him looking normal like well i wouldn't say normal but he looks like someone that's alive and well that just murdered somebody right right because he's got the blood splatter and stuff on him is he actually a ghost yeah that's that I, leaves it up to interpretation it here. Does. Has it been that he's just been hiding on the property this and whole time? And killing all these people? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he just comes closer and closer and closer and then... Grabs. Yeah, and then and grabs then her. who knows then, what happens. So, womp womp. I guess you have to wait until the sequel. <laughs> it is funny, though, because we also see... Um, for the ending of this movie, we just see all these missing persons posters like... All over the town. Yeah, yeah. It's completely quiet. It seems that the grudge spread through the entire city. Yeah. And got everyone. Yeah. Insane. Nobody's going, there's a problem with that house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just... This is a city full of lemmings. Just all slowly falling off the cliff. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So that's the end of that. Um (laughs) So we've hit that point in time in our episode where we talk about our verdict and and and, and unpack what we've just spoke about in regards to this movie. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and start on my as far as verdict goes. Yeah, go um, ahead. Which is a nice little change of pace. I I definitely enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like I said at the top of the uh, of this, it, it's it's confusing uh, as far yeah. as like structure of the story goes because I'm even like. With the end of the film, it almost feels like this is okay. So, what doesn't make sense to me as far as the time time frame goes? Because mm-hmm. first of all, it, you know, it jumps all over the place, right? But then also, like with Azumi's chapter, that had to have been years later, right? And um, we're just seeing the missing persons posters happen. Yeah, but but I mean, at the end of the film, like not the end end where you see everybody's gone. Yeah. But with this, this the the climax and stuff of uh, of Rika being uh, taken, that would have been before Izumi. Like chronologically speaking, that would have been before Izumi's situation because yeah. she still would have been a little girl at this point. Yeah, because we, I mean, we don't necessarily know how much time has passed since Rika was in the hospital and whatnot, but it couldn't have been like 
five years. Yeah, it couldn't it, have been like, that long. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's the part of it that I'm a little confused on. But then also, what's uh, confusing is I, I I honestly thought that Rika's friend. I, I thought that uh, Toshio may have actually been alive and in her in Rika's friend's class, hmm. and that he basically she was going to go check up on him and that this took place during the original murder yeah um, i thought that that's what was going to happen too yeah especially but then rika unravels that yeah because i mean yeah i just thought i just assumed that it was going to be like one of rika's previous cases yeah which is the old man that was at the hospital yeah and so I was like, okay, so this is taking place way before anything, and um, yeah, no, 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 it's after. Yeah, she's already been to the house. Yeah, it's kind of the middle of the timeline, and so that that part of it, I definitely like. That's the part of it that I don't like about the movie is because yeah. of, because of the fact that it jumps around, it's just hard to yeah. keep track of everything. I honestly just feel like the Izumi chapter, uh, those elements could have been in other parts of the story but yeah. we didn't necessarily need the Izumi chapter we d- we pretty much needed it to show like what Toyama saw in his future visions sure but that uh, <laughs> it, it just it muddied up the the movie yeah it really did um, yeah you know and, and don't get me wrong guys I like a good non-linear story I, mm-hmm. I do like movies that bounce around in time and stuff like that it's just for whatever reason this one didn't stick for me and and so uh i definitely i've come to appreciate the american version strictly because of the fact that at least like you have a central like it's 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 a cohesive story because it's from the point of view of, of an investigator as a, yeah. as opposed to it being just you're a fly on the wall yeah yeah the, time. the whole story's already happened yeah. we're just cat- we're just catching up yeah. in the american one is yeah. essentially it yeah and i think that's kind of it, it makes it a little less sloppy mm-hmm. i also think that the japanese director directed the american one too so it's almost as if uh the american one might be how he actually wanted to tell the story yeah. uh after reviewing uh, but I'm not 100% sure on that. There are other horror movies out there that have done similar things or, or mm-hmm. other or other cases of this. Like, for instance, um, was it the McAfee tapes, the McCaffrey tapes or whatever? Oh, it, yeah, the, yeah. The found footage where the family gets abducted by aliens. Yeah, yeah. And then they end up remaking it more or less um, for that UPN special. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's a budget thing sometimes it's just too many chefs in the kitchen like mm-hmm. it does feel like this movie had a huge opportunity for um maybe just being a little bit more cohesive yeah um, that being said i definitely still recommend it oh, I, yeah, think, for I think sure. it's uh, you know um it, it's necessary viewing and mm-hmm. especially i like I've always been um, in the camp of if there's if a movie's an adaptation of something, you should watch the original. Oh yeah. And so uh, just to compare and get you know maybe a complete picture of what you've seen. You you should definitely compare the movies for sure. Yeah. Especially since they're from the same freaking director. Yeah. Like it, he he told his story. Two slightly different ways, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think this is one of those occasions where it doesn't necessarily 
one doesn't cheapen the other. Yeah. They're yeah. almost companion pieces. Yeah. And so that's pretty interesting. You're still getting all the same like scenes that you love from the original yeah. for sure. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I appreciate about it. Yeah. Eventually we'll have to watch the uh, the sequels. Yeah, because I've never actually seen... I might have seen the second Juwan. I know that I've seen the second American one, but yeah. I, I haven't seen any of the other films in the series. I'm so. really curious because, like, what the th- I think it's which I, felt, I feel I like, like we got that here. Yeah, we already got that. So I see the family's descent into madness. Yeah, so which would be a little bit more of like an an origin, like Amityville horror. Yeah. Um, and then of course the only reason why I want to watch all these movies, and then we're gonna have to watch the Ring movies too, is so <laughs> we can get to the newest film. Yeah. Uh, where it is the uh, the ghosts. From both uh, the ring and and the grudge fighting it out. Yep, Sadako uh, versus Kayako. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it looks so silly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it looks way more goofy than it is um, serious. It it almost looks like something that would be more from the team that would bring you like Tokyo Gore Police or something like yeah, that. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so. Uh, yeah, eventually we'll get to that, and mm-hmm. that's uh, that's an exclusive on Shutter. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Oddly enough, guys, uh, this you would you would think that the Grudge, Juwan, and 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 the like would be exclusives to Shutter or mm-hmm. somewhere like that, but this is actually on Amazon of hmm. all places. Interesting. Um, I think I believe all the rest of them are as well. Uh, so if you're interested in watching the original Grudge, um, definitely check it out on Amazon. That brings the end to another episode of Podcast Magoria's Halloween A to Z. Up next will be our K movie. (laughs) (sighs) This one might be a chore to get through. That is Kiss of the Vampire. Oh, no. Please, not another Lips of Blood, please. Yeah, we got to have one for every list. Luckily, it's not from the same director, so that's something to look yeah, forward to. Yeah, thank God. Um, But it is it is another old vampire movie, so Ugh. oof. Um, <laughs> also, guys, I'm going to give you a heads up. Uh, this one is not available on, on normal streaming services. However, you can view it on YouTube. So uh, I like... The ones that are hard to come by or the ones you have to watch through uh, weird means, I usually like to kind of give you a hint before you get to the episode. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> so if you're listening to this in order, then there you go. When you're out there visiting houses, perhaps, <laughs> looking around said houses, and you come across a cat making cat sounds, meow. <laughs> if you come across a boy that makes cat sounds, meow, get the hell out of that house. Because if you don't, if you stay there in that house, well, not only will you be staying in the house, but you'll also be staying spooky.
This has been a Podcast Magoria production hosted by James Davis and Autumn Campbell. Music by James Davis. Like what you heard? Be sure to subscribe via Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Additionally, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook for behind-the-scenes information about future episodes and as well as other spooky things that we may be featuring in other Podcast Memorial productions. And as always, stay spooky.